the confident thing came after like probably poor relationships and finally realizing like, girl, like that's not what it's is about. Like you mm-hmm. gotta take care of you, you gotta do you, you gotta focus on what's important for you. This is oversharing with Mikhail Alphon. What is up, you lovely listener? Welcome to another episode of Oversharing. I am super pumped for today's episode because I've actually wanted to have this conversation for an insanely long time. For those of you who may not know, I am engaged to one of the most amazing women I could have, woman, (laughs) that I could have ever met in my entire life. Um, It's been such a pleasure spending the last three years with this woman, the last two years living together. I think we're coming up on two years. And what I'm pumped about is that over the course of our relationship, and definitely in the last couple of weeks as we've been sheltering in place because of the coronavirus going around, I continue to learn new things about this woman. So I'm really excited to share this conversation with you guys. Before I can speak too much, please allow Alexa Benavides, almost off on, to overshare. How are you doing, Alexa? Hi, how are you? I I'm- love you. You're so good at this. <laughs> how are you so good at this? Well, um, it is part of my job, so that's one of the things. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, I have to have alcohol to be (laughs) here right now and do this. So this is actually really funny to me because you are insanely hilarious. You light up every single room that you're in and then, and you're usually like a staple amongst your friends. Like everybody wants to be hanging out with you. You bring the life to the party. The second there's a camera involved or a microphone involved, you completely freeze up. It just depends though. It's weird as being put on the spot and it's just super uncomfortable for me. But ask me to dance in front of everybody. That's a different story. (laughs) You know? I'm really excited about this because even though we've shared a lot of stories together over the last three years, I feel like there's still a lot I don't know. And as you know, I start a lot of these podcasts with the question, what were you like in high school? I believe that I was a huge dork in high school. For one, I was very, very timid and very, very quiet. I kept to my own just little group, you know, Christina, Karina, yeah, Annie. And at, at that time, there was another girl named Amber. But, like, it was just us five. What happened to Amber? Uh, you know, people, you know. Just had to cut them. Didn't have to cut them. They just grow up and you realize they're not no longer mm. fit into your clique. But it's all good. Either way, just kind of stuck with them and grew up with them. I mean, almost everything that I've learned... Actually, a lot of the stuff that I learned that I know now, it's like thanks to their parents because I spent a lot of times at their house. Like my parents hustled so hard. I was constantly at either Christina's house or Annie's house. So your parents were immigrants. They came here from Mexico, right? Yes. Your dad was from Colima? Yes, my dad is from Colima. I mean, they both actually met in Colima, so they're both from there. Okay, cool. So what was that like? Because, I mean, even now your mom primarily speaks Spanish. Your dad, his first language is obviously Spanish, but he speaks good English. But what was that like growing up in a household where there was kind of a different culture than a lot of South Orange County? Growing up, to me, I'll, I'll be honest, I was a little just oblivious to it because in the neighborhood that I grew up in, everybody around me was kind of in a similar situation. I mean, most of my friends' parents were also immigrants who came here and also spoke nothing but Spanish in their household. The moment I hit kindergarten was when I was introduced to English. I actually didn't speak, like, any English up until then. What was that like? (laughs) It was—I mean, I I knew it was going to happen because I remember my brother. 
he's older than I am and he spoke English every now and then when he would meet up with his friends and at the time I was I remember like we had this one neighbor when we lived in a point they got together and they were playing and like they were speaking English with each other but I couldn't conversate with them at the time because the only language I spoke was Spanish mm. and maybe I picked up one word and took it home with me but that was about it yeah and even then I probably didn't pronounce it right but growing up with that it, it just it didn't seem hard or difficult um because I feel like when you're a kid too you're just soaking it all up before you know it you're speaking the language and you don't even now looking just, back I feel like a lot of kindergartners are learning English anyways like <laughs> yeah like if, if you're raised in a household where Spanish is primarily spoken they're most likely going to start learning at either if they go to preschool or or kinder unless your parents are speaking English at home sure. then obviously that's different so when you were growing up though like when were you able to like have conversations in English the only thing I remember and I can and I seriously I remember this moment like it was yesterday it was kindergarten my teacher's name was Miss Martin I asked her if I could go to the restroom and I asked her in English. I was like, may I please go to the restroom? Mm. And she looked down at me and she was like, oh my gosh, Alexa, I'm so proud of you. Aww. Your English is getting so much better. And I remember <laughs> like kind of like kind of giving her this look like puzzled, but also feeling like a lot of pride at the moment. Mm. And I ran to the bathroom and went. <laughs> <laughs> so you grew up in, this is when you were living in Dana Point at this time. Am I correct? Um, no. When I started school, I was living in San Juan Capistrano already. Yeah. You were already in San Juan. Okay. So you didn't, you went from Dana Point to San Juan from what you remember? Yes. So Dana Point, you were only there till like three or four years old. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. About. The elementary school that you went to when you were living in San Juan, was there a lot of other like Mexican, Hispanic people speaking mm -hmm. a lot of Spanish? Yes. Okay. I mean, so maybe, it yeah. wasn't like a weird integration really where like you're the only kid in class speaking Spanish. No, no, okay. by no means. If anything, there was like, from what I remember, was the majority was Mexican. Even first grade, I remember one of the things that they introduced us to was a baile florcórico, which is a florcloric Mexican dance. That should say something, right? Like, I feel like most of the kids that were there were Mexican. And, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, cool. So let's go back to high school. We have Christy, we have Karina, we have Annie. These girls you're still super tight with, yeah, right? Yeah, till this day. What was the first high school party you went to with those girls? Man, so I'm going to laugh because... <laughs> I didn't go to any high school parties. Not one? Well, I wasn't invited. <laughs> what? Like, when I say I was kind of a dork, I mean, I kind of mean it. What I, about the I was, girls, I was, No, I was a goody two-shoes. Like, mm. And I would say most of my friends were, too. I think, like, the worst we all did was, like, sneak away with our boyfriend when we weren't allowed to have one. Mm. But, um, no, there was no high school parties. Really? I, yeah. On wow. My first party that I ever went to and feeling like, oh, my gosh, I'm such a cool kid was after I graduated. Mm. Were you pretty good in school? Sure. I wouldn't say it was like best grades ever, but I tried. Sure. I, I had, de I definitely had some goals and my goal was to eventually go to college and that kind of thing. But my, my grades weren't my biggest focus. I was kind of a hustler mm. real early. I mean, I worked. What was your first job? McDonald's. And I worked there for all four years of high school. I thought you worked with your mom for a little bit. That was when I was kid, when I was a kid before I even got to high school. Mm. So before I even got my first job, I would go work with my mom and help her clean houses, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So, Did she pay you? Yeah, she would pay us. Really? <laughs> yeah, she would pay us. She would make us go and she'd, you know, it got to the point too where we wanted certain things. So she'd make you, or at least make me. And I remember a couple times she was like, "Okay, fine. If you want those pair of jeans, then come with me clean this house. I'll pay you the money, and then you can buy your own jeans. Because what I can buy you." is, you know, these jeans. Right. But if you want something different, then you got to work for it. Man, I wish I had that type of upbringing. 
Mine was a little different, you know, like yeah. my dad used to get me something and then be like, now you got to work for it. Mm-mm. That kind of messed me up. I feel like that's when I started to get really hungry to make my own money. Yeah. Because, well, the moment I found out I could get a job, I like just went for it. Um, I had to get a um, high school, like a... The work permit. Yeah, the work permit. There you go. Yeah. So I got, got a work permit, started working at McDonald's. And then even in my high school year, Christina and I, maybe even Annie, I don't remember anymore. But, well, I worked at McDonald's still and also worked at Foot Locker. Right. So... Is this where the obsession with shoes came from? Yes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What was the first pair of like nice shoes you got for yourself? I would say my favorite first pair of nice shoes that I ever got myself that I consider my nice shoes were some creepers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a nerd. <laughs> that was a Except that for was that when same I was year I was putting on eyeliner, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so what now? Exactly. That was my favorite first pair of shoes that I remember buying myself and proud moment. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Just because I were feel they like expensive? I don't remember. They were expensive for me because I didn't know like, they were like a hundred something bucks, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a like, lot of money for a pair of shoes. Exactly. So, no, they were good. They were like my favorite thing, and I wore those probably up until sophomore year, and then after sophomore year, I started like switching up my style a little bit. Yeah, because I was sure. like this little supposed, I would say even most poser little punk rock princess. <laughs> so you say you were a hustler, and one of my favorite stories about you is that your first cell phone was one that you found in the quad. To be honest with you, I don't remember if it was in high school where I found it, but I found it somewhere. I found it on the floor, and it was a Nokia. Nokia. Mm. So I went straight to Walmart at the time, and I had them put my own service on it. Mm. Have you had the same phone number ever since? No. No, No, it's changed changed since then, but definitely my own plan since then. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, not going to lie, that's pretty, man, see the new things that I'm learning about you. That's pretty cool, because I was on my parents' plan like most of us, or at least most of the kids that I went to high school with. And then after that was on my uncle's plan, my cousin's plan, because I could never get one on my own, right? So the fact that you did that at such a young age is kind of amazing to me. You mentioned that you would sneak off with your boyfriends when you were in high school, and that was like the one quote-unquote bad thing that you did. Do you remember the name of your first boyfriend? Yep. The name of my first boyfriend, his name was uh, Guillermo Santillan, and he lived right next door to us. (laughs) And if... My parents were. You lived right next door. Right next, like like literally neighbor, like next door neighbor. Wow. Yeah, and he used to wear this like crest, like mohawk that was like maybe a foot high. Oh my! And it was green, and then he used to put like this one slither all the way down his forehead, and he had like the hugest like plugs in his ears, and parents were wouldn't have have approved at the time. Yeah, that's called a devil lock, by the way. It is. I didn't it's know. It's called that. the Devil Lock. The Misfits that. AFI. They used to wear that. Yeah. He used to. He used to do that all the time. Did he wear a Misfits vest? You know what he did. I know that he, he did, did because he, he had did. that haircut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he did. How many punk bands did he play in? Um, none. Really? Yeah. Poser. Yeah. Right. Wow. I mean, so was I. Who am I kidding? I'm like in a neighborhood full of Mexicans, and I'm listening to. Not Mexican music. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's true. So um, how did that go? Like, Guillermo, you said his name was, right? Yeah, Guillermo, yeah. With Guillermo, how how long did you guys date? What year of high school were you in? I was an eighth grader. So I definitely was not allowed to have a boyfriend then. If we ever have a daughter, that's not happening. (laughs) Eighth grade. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. All we did was hold hands. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it lasted any more than two months. Because, again. You're in eighth grade. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, sure. it was real quick. It was very short-lived. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cool, too, because it was the first time that 
someone was attracted to me uh-huh. for like the longest time before that i felt like like the ugly duckling like it's just like no i had crushes on guys but yeah. no one ever really liked me back <laughs> <laughs> that's okay it's fine that's fine that changed later in life <laughs> that's funny so you mentioned that your plan was to go to college yeah did you ever apply no so, did you go to Saddleback? Or, and to the listener who may not know, Saddleback is the local community college here. Did you go to Saddleback? I didn't even know. Mm. Didn't even didn't it didn't happen. What um, changed? So when I was in middle school, in middle school, I was actually in the same program like all that my all my friends were in. Uh, we were in Avid, and it's this program that pretty much like preps you to eventually go to a four year college or just you know college in general. I started in the seventh grade. So in the seventh since the seventh grade, like. And, and and forward like I my mentality was I need to go to a four year I need to find a career I need to focus on something that's you know just pretty much like any any career that's going to benefit me in the future um, and I had a lot of hobbies at the time but once I graduated high school or I want to say in high school they stopped the program and not that that wasn't like engraved in my head like I still wanted that for myself especially because I have some family members that went to a four year once I graduated, it was like, I didn't really know where I was going to go. Like, I didn't really know where my passion was at. And I remember thinking, like, the one class I really did love was uh, Spanish literature mm. in, in high school. And I fell in love with it. And I thought, well, maybe I could be a Spanish teacher, you know? Spanish literature is super cool. Then <laughs> what changed was I talked to my cousin. Now, if she ever listens to this, she's probably going to be like, oh, my gosh, how dare you? But she didn't intentionally mean to talk me out of it. She just described what what it was like to be a Spanish teacher because at the time she oh, was yeah, a Spanish yeah. teacher. It's still hard to be a Spanish teacher. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. But she pretty much was like, <clears throat> she was so supportive. She was like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. I'm so pumped. Like, I'm going to, you know, like whatever you need, I will help you with. And she's like, you know, you name it. She's like, I'm just going to let you know you're really small. And these kids are going to like, <laughs> you know, they're going to hit on you to make you feel uncomfortable. They want to get under your they're skin. They're going to hit on you. Oh, Yeah. They uh. will hit on you. I've had a, I've had actually a few friends who were, who were teachers, and they actually told me that these kids will, like, do anything to pretty much get under your skin or just, you know, pull a fast one on you type of thing. Sure. She's like, and it's high school. Like, high school kids are, like, kind of punks, and she's like, and you're small, and they're taller than you, and you have to have, like, the personality to take over a classroom. And at that time, I just didn't have that in me. I, like, it literally, like— I was like, okay, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, I just listening to that, I was like, I cannot do that. So you decided to change your trajectory from that conversation. Yeah, literally. I mean, it sucks because I, I being where I am now in life, I wish I would have at least given it a shot, but I didn't. It's just like. Why do you say now being where you are in life, you wish you would have given it a shot? Just the confidence, I feel like. Uh, at because the time, you're confident was, now? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 18 at the time, also kind of still very timid, like in high school, and I was very quiet. So the idea of taking over a classroom full of kids are are punks because I also remember what jerks they were to my Spanish teacher. Thinking about that and really just, I I just couldn't deal. So I decided to just continue, like try and figure out what else I could do as far as career goes. And you decided to do hair. Yep. How old were you when you started uh, hair school? Hair school? Um, I was school. 18. I had just graduated high school. So pretty much like 
Not too long after I graduated high school, I went straight to beauty school. So we have a mutual friend, Ashley. Right? Mm -hmm. Did you go to beauty school at the same time as her? No, I think maybe a year later because she's a year younger than I am. But you guys started working at the same place. Together. Yeah, together. The okay. same year. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Shout to Ashley. Thank you for introducing me to my uh, Yo, what future up, wife. <laughs> what What's up, up girl? <laughs> What's up? <laughs> that was weird. I've never done that on the podcast before. Never, well. <laughs> now people are going to start to figure out who I really am off this microphone. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Alexa. <laughs> So you went to beauty school and you started working right after that, right? Or did you have to take a little dip in time after you graduated from beauty school? No, it took some time. So I graduated high school, then started beauty school. And at the time, I think right after uh, my senior year, I started working at a hardware store. <laughs> so I actually, which is right? funny, right? Yeah, no, uh, True Value. Uh, True Value? Was it, that wasn't the one off like Oso and Marguerite? No, there was, it's the True Value in San Juan Capistrano. Mm. Yeah. Kind of funny because it's like hardware and beauty, like yeah, two complete opposite things. But it, I mean, it was just me trying to make some money while also trying Going to pursue school. a career. What yeah, happened in the job at Foot Locker and McDonald's. Well, they got old. <laughs> <laughs> they got old. So, and I'm really appreciative Needed too because a change they, of pace at the hardware store. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was cool too. The owner at the hardware store was like just. Super cool, super flexible with my hours and like allowed me to like not only go to beauty school and come back and work a few hours just to, you know, make a few extra cash and help them out at the same time. But I remember there was one point where like maybe he didn't know or he didn't know, but like I would study for like my tests or certain things and like they just they were super cool about it. Super supportive. Like, yeah. yeah. It takes a lot of patience to do the job that you're doing, right? You're dealing with a lot of people, hearing the worst stories sometimes, and sometimes the best stories, a lot of gossip. So not only are you a hairstylist and you're very good at it, but you also tend to be like a sort of a therapist for these people. Yeah. How do you handle that like on a day-to-day -day basis? Like we never talk about the stories that you're, you know, it's almost as if you practice that patient doctor confidentiality thing because you never tell me any stories about your clients, no. which, you know, you shouldn't. I shouldn't know. But I like, shouldn't and I won't. But, but how do you, do you, how do you hold on to that? How do you deal with that? Like for 10 hours, 11 hours, 12 hours every day? It's really weird because I've actually never have been asked that. You know what I mean? It's, you just do like you just you build a relationship with this person and like after a while you start to care for them you know in a certain way or uh and i feel like they start telling you their stories or their situations and most of the time i mean as their stylist you just try and be supportive and hear them out and lend them an ear or shoulder because in some situations i've been in a place where they will tell me something that no one else in their family or even their friends will know you know what i mean and that's crazy mm -hmm. It's my job to just kind of like hear them out and and here and there I'll give them like my two cents, even though a lot of the time that's also not good. You know what I mean? Because you could steer them in a direction that they probably don't want or whatever. Or but you're a really empathetic person. You're so easygoing. Like you, you deal with my I ass all the time, right? that's what it is. Like I think yeah. it's just like I would say that I'm happy to hear their story. <laughs> I'm happy to hear their situation. And like if they ask for my advice and I will let them know how I feel, yeah. whether or not they should run on that. That's on to, that's on to them. But it's, With that aspect of the job, that like the being a personable person, do you feel as a, or personable, empathetic, you know, like kind of a sounding board to all these people? Because it's not like you get to really talk about your problems all the time. You're there, you know, right, to hear theirs sometimes, right? Actually, that's not true. I would say they there's some that will ask me, and I'll let them know what's going on with my life. Mm. Like, so I think it goes both ways. 
Like mm. they, we have, like there's some people I can for sure open up to and just as much as they open up with me, I will open up with them as well. Do you feel like you have to be kind of like a conversationalist type of person to excel at your job? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think it, it definitely helps. Like I don't want to say that they're not there just to get their hair done, yeah. <laughs> but like I think it definitely definitely helps and you definitely have to be someone who can you know like pretty much have the ability to do so being somebody who is timid when you were growing up uh when did you start to build that confidence to be able to be in front of like new people every hour every single day you know it's really funny so going back to working at a hardware store i remember there was this one guy and being young and cute whatever like you would get hit on a lot as a cashier Mm -hmm. or at least i i did and it was really uncomfortable because it was always like older men and it was just gross (laughs) But there was this one guy who, like, at the time was, like, complimenting me and, like, telling me, he's like, oh, look, you're, you know, you're really cute, you're really young. He's like, what are you going to do? What do you do? Like, are you going to school? And I tell him I was in beauty school. And I was being really short with him. And he's just like, well, you know, you you seem really timid. He's like, I'm going to tell you one thing. He's like, in the career that you're choosing to do hair, you really can't be timid. You have to open up and talk to people. People are going to want to talk to you. And then at that time, it just kind of like opened up, like it just, I was like, oh my gosh, he's so right. Mm -hmm. Like, and so after that, I want to say I worked at the hardware store for maybe like a year because I was also really scared about working at a beauty salon because I didn't know it was real life all that, all of a sudden, you know, like, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I actually have to do other people's hair other than my cousins, sisters, you know, family, friends. When I first started at Ailey Alexander Salon, working there has obviously was definitely a blessing just the fact that they took me in and um thank you lauren and courtney love you guys um they're my mama birds you kind of get to for a year they make you work for at least a year as an assistant and so during that year you kind of get to see what it's really like to be a stylist because beauty school doesn't prep you for that beauty school preps you for you to get your license real life like how to be an actual stylist even maybe even the part where they you know like the client is trying to talk to the stylist and have this conversation and they're talking about something super personal you get to see that as an assistant as well right i feel like that's what really prepped you for that and going into it like after a while you just for me it's super awkward to try and cut somebody or color somebody's hair and not have a conversation Mm -hmm. so it just becomes natural after a while there's something that happens sure yeah i remember when i met you i think one of the most impressive things to me was that you were so put together that you had your own career that you were so confident and I thought you were hilarious I mean I've told this story a dozen times actually on this podcast already but I started to develop my crush on you from snapchat because you were like doing this video of your shoes with like Barry White in the background and I thought you were hilarious and I thought that that was really interesting that you just came across as confident and whole right because that wasn't necessarily something that I noticed about girls that I had dated before I had met you. Was that something that, you know, being confident, being whole and being like your own person, was that something that you were consciously working on or do you feel like it was something that maybe you just developed by accident? I think it honestly just happened with age and experience. I don't believe that I used to be that person all the time. Being Mexican for one, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you grow up with a mentality and it doesn't necessarily have to be this i'm not speaking for every mexican or latina right now like at least in in my experience i grew up with a mentality of like you know you grow up you you know you can get a career and you can become this like powerful 
woman or but in my head I had the mentality of like you grow up you get a career but you also will eventually get married and become a wife and have babies mm -hmm. and when you're Mexican that normally comes at a very early age according to your parents mm -hmm. <laughs> so they're looking at me like yo like you're getting older all you're doing is partying and that kind of thing um but I would say it was definitely the confident thing came after like probably poor relationships and finally realizing like girl like that's not what this is about like mm -hmm. you gotta take care of you you gotta do you you gotta focus on what's important for you and like what you value the most and just like whether it's with someone or not like you gotta do it for yourself mm -hmm. you know what I mean and so that's that's really what did it I would think like bad relationships kind of made me realize that I didn't need that. So you mentioned bad relations. Do you mind if we talk about this a little bit? I think it's important. No, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. So I know that you had one relatively long relationship yeah. with somebody uh, in your early and mid twenties and you were even having talks of like potentially getting married, but it seemed from the stories that you've told me, it was more of like a checking off the box thing, not because it felt it was right. And I don't want to speak too much because, you know, out of respect for your ex and yeah, yeah. your past relationships, obviously. But was it like a checking the box thing for you? Or did it did it feel like at that point, like that's what you wanted to do? I think it was more of a check in the box thing, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, because it did get to the point where I felt like I decided to stay in a relationship because of like how much time I had invested into it mm -hmm. and because of where I needed to be in life. Like, for context, how long were you in that relationship? I want to say, man, we we're like five, five years almost going oh. on to six probably, but on and off, I will say it was on and off. Sure. But definitely did, at least for the most part, most of the time invest into that relationship. At the time too, it just seemed like I was, I know I was watching some of my friends get married and have kids and I felt like that needed to be my mm -hmm. story as well. And I was going to, I was, at some point I was choosing to stay in that relationship just to finally make it to that, even though it wasn't right. Sure. Like it wasn't that, you know, just not the best choice. So I think that this is really important because unfortunately I feel like a lot of people make these, that same decision. They were, they've been in a relationship for four or five years. They're seeing their friends get married, things like this. And then they maybe don't make the best decision about getting married at that point, yeah. right? And then they decide to do that just because it's like, well, shit, I was already here. Yeah. What, you know, what was the thing that, like, got you to snap out of that and be like, I actually can't do it? Did, did he ever actually propose to you? No. No, okay. No, that never happened. But what was, okay, so what was the thing that um, actually made you, like, say, I'm done. Like, I can't do this anymore. Well, for one, it was really tough because I would say him and I were very different. I was definitely a hustler and I was working to work my ass off for whatever it is I wanted. You can say ass on this podcast. Okay, I can say ass. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, it didn't seem like he was willing to do the same. Mm -hmm. And I and I also had goal, like goals in mind. I wanted a house. I wanted, you know, if, if we him and I were going to get married or whatever life we wanted to be, we wanted certain things together. And I was working really hard for it, but it didn't seem like he was ready to do the same. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like a little bit of an eye-opener for me, like towards the end of our relationship. And then there was some stuff that happened. So your, your values didn't align. Yeah. And that was a that was a big red flag for you because you value the hard worker. I, yes. Yeah, both yes. your parents are hard workers. Exactly. Growing up with two hardworking parents, like I, I don't know. I yeah. felt like that was just who I became as well. Like I looked yes. up to them as that and I just kept, I just wanted to be, if not, you know, just like them, if not, you know. Work, it worked just as hard, if not more harder. Mm -hmm. That was like towards the end, like 
something that just was really hard for me to like accept. But then also there was some issues uh, that him and I dealt. There was just a little bit of like self self respect for myself as well. Sure, that was some like a little bit of infidelity 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 yeah well the only reason you're stumbling on that is because you're so respectful you barely even want to say that yeah you know I don't, I mean? yeah it's like not really i shouldn't have even i feel uncomfortable we haven't even said that yeah um but and you know what i might have i probably am sure i did some wrong as well and we in were that young. aspect or whatever we were uh, young we both made mistakes yeah, yeah, yeah. that was something i couldn't get over and mm-hmm. towards the end just having a moment where you just feel like very little respect Mm-hmm. back in that in that whole aspect so after that it was just, i just knew i had sure. to change and it made me like after that was over it was when i decided to just travel man, like yeah like i started traveling like crazy i started like just working on my career i was like hustling maybe a little too hard a lot definitely <laughs> when we first met how long did you wait after your breakup official breakup to like your f- next date <sighs> to be honest I don't really know. I don't really know the time frame. I know I waited a while because I... Was I'm, a while like three months or a while no, like a year? No, longer than that. Definitely longer than that because I still went to Thailand. I went on a few trips and at the time I hadn't really started talking to anybody yet. Do you feel like that... Can we say that it was maybe about a year? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I would do say. You, do you feel as if that year on your own was essential to your personal growth? Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even on just, like, that time. So you had no, like, regrets about maybe not dating, like... Because another mistake I, I, I think I see, it's just my opinion, is that people get out of these long-term relationships and they're dating somebody again in three months. And in my opinion, I don't think that's long enough to really discover who you are. Uh, no. In fact, my view on certain things started changing. Like, I remember I want to get married, I want to have the babies and all that kind of stuff. And then after that, it was, like, all of a sudden, I'm, like, I started traveling all of a sudden, I was like, do I have to have the babies? Do I have to get married? Like, I Well, now you have to get married. Well, yeah, yeah I know. I know. <laughs> and I want to. I'm so happy to marry you. <laughs> Hopefully sooner than later. I know. Fuck this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. But no, yeah. All of a sudden, like, my like mindset started changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like I needed those things anymore. And I started working, like, really hard and loving every minute of it. And also working really hard to keep traveling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I just wanted to keep that going even now. Even yeah, now, I'm like, man, like, can we just get married already so we can travel somewhere? That's what we were supposed to do this yeah, year. Yeah, right? Coronavirus, <laughs> piece of Damn shit. it, coronavirus. Um, between that relationship and when we met, uh, what would you say the year gap was there? Uh, what do you mean? Like, how long was it between your that relationship that you're talking about and then when we met? When, oh man, that was like three, three years? years? Yeah. Did you have any other like serious ish no. relationships in no. between? No, just dated, but nothing great, not, nothing serious. Yeah. What was your dating app of choice? Uh, my first dating app. Wait, uh-huh. was it Bumble? No, no. Was it Plenty of Fish? Plenty of Fish. I remember I yeah. said something stupid in that Snapchat. Like, I was DMing you. You said you had a date that night for to go somewhere. This was before we went to New York. I asked where'd you meet him, and I think you met that person on Bumble. I remember specifically. Were you on it? Yes. Yeah, not that it matters, but yes. I just remember saying... No, like, when oh. I met you, I was on Bumble. Okay, because yeah. I was going to say, I think I said something like, why would you be on Bumble? Just go to ramen with me. I know, and I was like, okay, <laughs> this guy's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It's funny because she's not joking. She actually thought I was weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, 
it was just weird because like you were Ashley's friend and it was like, mm, uh, yeah, you know? no, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Like, is he gay? I don't know. And like, kind of did think that I kind of did think that <laughs> I don't blame you. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so I love that. Thank you so much for sharing about like those relationships, your upbringing. I think that's super huge. And I kind of want to move like now into the present. And this is going to be kind of an interesting uh, point of conversation for us because, you know, I think from your lens, I want to ask you questions as if we almost weren't dating, but you've been with someone for three years now, living together for about two of them. From In your opinion, what is the key to a successful relationship for you? Because you don't really fight. Don't fight. You don't really fight. Um, you don't argue. I mean, I want to fight, <laughs> but you don't want to fight. That's where the Mexican, like, you know, I've got that blood in me. I just want to fight with you, but you just don't allow it. <laughs> You don't argue. Um, you work long hours. The person you're with works long hours. What for you is the key to a successful relationship? For sure, support. Support you once, you know, when we first started dating, you mentioned like when I'm at 40, you come in at 60 and like vice versa, right? And that to me has been everything because I feel like we've both have literally done that for each other since the get go. I was just say support. How does support show up for you? Like, how do you like, you know, for the person that you're with, right? How do you feel like you have to show up and support that person? So like uh, how I support you? Yeah. I mean, just. <laughs> I can name what, a million things, but for you. like <laughs> Whatever what, it may be. You need some bacon on your plate right now. I will put some bacon <laughs> on your damn plate right now. Or you just need me to like walk away and be quiet. Because as you know. I can kind of be dancing in the kitchen all the time, but you're actually trying to have a moment of seriousness and finish your article or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So it just comes through. But then you have times where you you come home and I notice you look a little depleted, like you had a day and just either hear you out if you need to vent or just leave you alone for a minute if that's what you need. You know it's what I mean? It's kind of weird so, that it comes down to some pretty simple things, right? Yeah. What do you feel like you need out of a relationship? I mean, obviously the hardworking working the you know the good work ethic is something ambition That's, and goals yeah. that that was always the biggest thing for you but outside of that you mentioned respect how does respect show up in your relationship i feel like you you have never once made me feel like anything i felt was stupid or dumb or like just you know small mm -hmm. you've always been there with me every time i've shared something with you and i feel like whether and you've once you are such a gentleman and so I just feel like it's it's all of it. You've you've shown respect. For what the was beginning. the one time I was a big gentleman? I want to, or all the time you always dating? open my car door. <laughs> oh. You you tied my shoe. Oh, that was in New York. In that was it, huh? That's when I knew those were the butterflies. Guys chasing the girls just tie their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. No, I would say the most thing the thing I found uh, most attractive about you was your hustle. Yeah, for sure. That that to me just stood out because at the time that was all I knew how to do. Yeah. And to know that there was someone out there that was willing to do the same. So you never believe me when I tell you this, but when I found out that you were working till 10, 30, 11 at night, I was like, okay, I can't let this girl work harder than me. And I started <laughs> like literally working harder because I was committing at that time to about nine to 10 hours a day building the business. And then once I saw that you were doing that, I was like, all right, I'm committing 12. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Which is crazy because I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I didn't know you were trying to come up. You know what I mean? It was just like, I was just like, oh, I'm cool. I'm competitive just with everyone. <laughs> even me. Even you. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a no, weird thing. I, I, yeah, I didn't know that, but it's cool. I'm, that, that's, that's what I'm trying to get at too. It's just like, if you're not going to hustle as much as your partner, at least meet them halfway. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like at least try and like try your best. And like, if, if, you know, if you can't be where they're at, that's fine, but at least give it your best shot. Yeah. And so I feel like with you and I, we have that, you know what I mean? Like. Hustle work. shows up differently too though, right? Cause yeah. you're, you know, in that context, maybe it's at work. Yeah. And that is true. You should have kind of that common goal. But also, like, over the last couple of years, I've noticed how serious you are about your family. And I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but um, I've also been trying to, be, you know, spend more time with my family as right. well. And a lot of that is because I have a little bit more flexibility because the business is was doing better. And then also, you've inspired that a lot, too. So, yeah. you know, I, I really want to make a point of that. And to the listener, too, I think the the things that your significant other finds valuable— even if it's not a core value to you, you have to understand that and then support those things. And family's always been valuable to me, but not to the extent that it is for not, how do I say this? The time spent yeah. with family hasn't been the thing. Cause t- quality time isn't necessarily my, like my love language with those yeah. things. Right. I feel like I can get away with like a nice voicemail and I'm good for like a little bit. Oh no, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> I need to be there. I need, yeah. I need to, see you a hundred percent so <laughs> what about um we've been living together or you've been living with your person for the last two years now i'm trying to pretend like it's not me what are some tips to maybe moving in with somebody and then and then living with that person that you have it's hard to answer that because it was just so smooth with you and i really yeah yeah i, I mean it was it's really annoying it's actually really weird <laughs> I, i'll i think we have sarah to think yeah, a little I feel like bit. she both mold she made you a really good roommate and so let's phrase it like this then what was one of the things that you had to get used to when we first moved in together hmm you wouldn't pick up your clothes off the floor okay so you've never really like brought that up to me and you kind of just whether it's putting it in the yeah. uh putting it in the hamper or whatever it is or kicking it under bed whatever we do in that spot you've never really brought that up so but like, why haven't you brought that up? Don't, don't you, I feel like that's a point of contention for a lot of people is the other person has like a bad habit of leaving their clothes out or something like that. Like, you know, it's just, again, I think that's just the easy, going. like, I look at it as like, is this really going to break it? You know what I mean? It's like a make it or break it type of thing. Like you can't just pick up his clothes and put it in the hamper. It's that easy. Mm-hmm. So I have found it really easy living with you. There really hasn't been anything. Um, actually take that back. When we first moved in, mm-hmm. and I want to say the one thing I probably have struggled with, and not not anymore, would say how how social you are, <laughs> <laughs> and you love like you like to see people, and you know like uh, have people over, and and not that I don't, I absolutely love it, but I think like the difference between our jobs is you are on your computer, you're on calls a lot, you don't actually have face-to-face conversations with people, you know? And so coming home sometimes after already talking to 10 people all day long, that was rough for me. Cause mm-hmm. then I'd have to come home and then like be on yet yeah. like another couple of hours. So that was rough. Um, I had to get used to that, but now it's kind of mellowed out. I think it was more when we first got our place and it seemed like a lot. Now it's like <laughs> fine. I think I've just learned to work around your schedule a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of the big thing. Plus, planning this wedding over the last, like, year or so has kind of been challenging or, you know, I'm not necessarily trying to go out as much or anything right. like that. 
you know, we had to deal with a couple big transitions or big changes recently. There was one specifically where I was planning on going to, uh, we were planning on going to Kalima to your family's place for like three months before we were supposed to go. And then two days before we left, I told you that I couldn't go. Right. How did you actually feel about that? Like, I was were, really bummed out. Yeah. Because um, I had, you know, like, I, again, uh, family's huge for me. And so for you to come and see kind of like, you know, my grandma's house and see where my dad was raised, see his home, see the, the place of our entire family has gone to every time we go to Golima. I wanted you to see that, especially if like you and I, we, at the time we're already living together. So I wanted you to just experience this and be there with my family and just see it the way I saw it. I also had to understand that like it wasn't going to ruin everything if you didn't go. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of time. And we can go back and it's fine. Um, but it was rough. It did. It, it Until now, I'm still trying to think of a date where we can make that happen. Sure. So that you can still come and see my grandma's house. Yeah. For me, it had to do with work. And I right. feel like this is a big point of like contention and argument between people is when the other person in a relationship like bails out for work or focuses on other things a little too much. You were so easygoing about that though. And you mentioned, it's interesting that you mentioned we have time, we can go back, da, 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 da. And it's interesting because now it's like, it's almost as if like, we can't think of a time that we can go because we can't even travel there right yeah. now, right? So, but anyways, my point is, was it you seeing like a bigger picture of like what was important or what was important to me in that moment? Like, how did you really deal with that? Because you've never fought with me about it. In yeah. that moment, you're just like, I'm bummed, but like you, I know, I understand that you have to stay like, you know. Well, or is it something that you're bottling up inside in 15 years from now you're going to like slice my fucking yes, head off? I'm still trying to fight. <laughs> um, no, I think it just looked at it as a bit bigger picture. It was just like I saw how important that was for you. And I imagine that if it wasn't important, you wouldn't have made that excuse. You would have gone mm-hmm. um, and made it happen or work out some way or another. Just like how you like I have respect for your career. I've seen how much respect you have for mine. And I just wanted to be understanding and like I get it like I also sometimes forget how to take care of myself or what I need to do for my job like I will put my hustle first sometimes in front of things or before things and so I felt like in that moment I understood where you were coming from Mm -hmm. so I like I get it you know yeah that's huge yeah so uh last week Mm -hmm. we were supposed to get married yeah such bullshit but the COVID-19 pandemic is sweeping our world which obviously you know now it's bigger than our wedding you know that's getting canceled people's businesses are hurting like you know you can't go back to work right now it's a little bit more challenging for me at work things like that Um, let's talk about the initial like canceling or postponing of the wedding even though we don't have a date right now right we both obviously had to come to that decision together in some spots I feel like I'm taking it harder than you are (laughs) With such a big shift and change in your plans, like, how do you deal with that? Because that's huge. We canceled like a week before we were supposed to get married, not because of anything weird happening between us, just because of all these different things. And in retrospect, we could have still kind of gotten married. But one of the things that I'm very proud of and I commend you for is that you decided to not be selfish. You didn't get upset. You didn't throw a fit, like anything like that. You're just like, okay. At that moment... I was really brokenhearted. I obviously want to marry you even right now. Like sometimes I'm like, should we just do this? Like Zoom (laughs) wedding? Like let's make it happen. But just for one, seeing like our guest list just like pretty much 
disappear within minutes. Like, I mean, people were just canceling left and right. And all of a sudden I, I, I switched it from like, let's make this happen to what are we doing to our guests that are willing to get stuck in Mexico right now? Like that, I mean, I absolutely love every single one of them that were like just going to go and be there for us. But at the same time, I started to think about them, right? their kids, their livelihood, um, what it meant for them to get stuck on the other side of the border. At that moment, that became more important to me than our, which I love you. But it became more important to me because then, I, then in my head, I was like, how am I going to go out there and even enjoy this moment that's supposed to be so special to us, knowing that everyone has this thing in the back of their head, mm-hmm. you know, whether they're going to make it back home or not. Like I, I, till now, if we decide to throw a party, I want everybody to have a blast and have such a good time. And that I couldn't get there. I yeah. just couldn't get there. That's classic Alexa fashion <laughs> to just be putting other people first. <laughs> And thinking about that, and I agree, like at a certain point too, for me, it was like, we're having this wedding in the first place for our families and now we're getting to it. It's like, well, if half of them can't come, then what's right. what's the point of even going through with yeah. it? Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> so we're, uh, we're, how many days in are we on on this quarantine thing? Last Monday, I think we did that too. So we're coming up on a week and a half. It's been yeah. about... I think 11 or 12 days since uh, we've been quarantined. What are some of your, you know, what are some of your hacks for uh, being quarantined with your significant other? Like how, how can, how can another male or female get through the first 12 days or their quarantine time? What's the, what's the trick for you? Eat all of the snacks together. (laughs) All of them. Hide the good ones for yourself though. Mm. Don't, Mm. he doesn't know. That's deep. It's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you where they are. <laughs> no, um, from wh- I feel like what we did is pretty cool. Like we still kind of tried to have a schedule mm-hmm. for ourselves, which was kind of cool because I was going crazy. Um, this whole work from home thing for you might be a little bit easier on you, I think, because you're kind of still, you can work remote. I can't. You know what I mean? I, I'm going crazy. Um, with that being said, it's not like it's been easy on e- any easier on you than it has been for me, you know? I would say hacks is uh, work out together. That's mm. been really cool. Find a, you know, like that, that's been fun. And just doing that with each other and keep, you know, keep uh, pumping each other up on that. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I really like that. That's definitely a big one. Yeah. Our friend Kayla, as we asked Instagram for some questions, asked if you've learned anything new about me since we've been quarantined. Yes. <laughs> that actually just happened today. Oh. Um, Uh, Because living with you is like living with you and it's been really fun. But like I knew you, you know, you were good at your job because obviously Blue Light is fucking killing it. Um, (laughs) But to hear it and see it, that was something else. Like today, the way you executed that conversation and freaking just, I mean, I'm convinced now that I am with you because of the way you speak. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. Any of my friends will tell you that. (laughs) Um, so that was really cool. Um, just to freaking to see you kill it. That was, that was really awesome. That's probably one of the, like, I would say the, something new that I've learned since then is actually seeing you work and the way you do it. And that was really cool. Like that was, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, Oh, is it getting hot in here? Is it just me? (laughs) That, um, that means a lot to me. Thank you. I take a lot of pride in my, into my job and I always wish that I could see, you know, 
yeah, I think I tell you this all the time. It's like, I wish, I wish you could be here and kind of see some of the things I do. As you've noticed, it's, you know, I'm just taking phone calls. Yeah. But it's, it's just the way, <laughs> the way you, you do it. It was cool. Yeah. Thank you. Like you really know what you're doing and it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you very much. What was I going to ask you? I got really carried away with you complimenting me. You know, that's my, that's my love language. I know, you kind of lost where you were going. Yeah, a little bit more of a serious question though. I mean, look, uh, I don't want to dance around it too much or anything like that, but we're in a weird time. You know, Mm -hmm. we can't go, I mean, we're very limited on how we can go outside. Uh, Our, your job's being affected right now. You can't really go see any, I was going to say patients. You can't see any clients. Um, my job's getting affected too. Obviously, some of my clients are pulling back. Like it's just the nature of what's going on. We have a wedding that we wanted to have. We have you know rent. We have car payments. Like all all things like this. Like we seem to be in pretty good spirits. And obviously, there's a little bit of like warrior anxiousness. How are you personally dealing with that right now? And you know, how do you look to the future? You know, how are you keeping like the relationship good? I feel like this is this is a time where a lot of people, it's, it can make or break people. And when I look at you and I see our relationship, I don't think, I mean, yeah, of course I'm a little bit in the honeymoon phase or something like that, but like I look at you and I ask you all the time and it's something that I mean when I say, like, I ask you, like, if I, like, we'll be watching a movie. It's like, if I was that poor, would you still be with me? And you always say yes with like a big, with like a big heart. And that's like probably one of my biggest fears. Um, but really what's gone through your head? How are you dealing with that? Like, how do you see the future? Wow. I just got kind of emotional. Well, Well, one thing I know about you and I is we're willing to work our ass off, Mm -hmm. whether it's with what we're doing now or whether I start helping my mom clean houses, it doesn't matter. We're going to move forward and we're going to like get through this and it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Like, shoot, if like I knew freaking McDonald's, well, maybe the McDonald's is hiring down the street. If this goes on any longer, I will apply. (laughs) And so I feel like you and I have the same mindset, whether it means we're doing what we're doing right now to make money or not, or... Just to, just to hustle, right? Like, we're going to make something happen. We don't have to have the nice apartment that we have now. We can live anywhere, and we're going to be fine. Mm. That's been keeping me strong. Plus, you can't be in a relationship with M-I-Q-K <laughs> and, like, have a negative mindset. So just being with you and, like, when I'm—there's been moments. You and I have both had them where we're down or we start thinking, you know, negatively— and you're quick. You to- can't let the audience know that I ever think ne- negatively. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you By just the way, let I call so that the many mic. listeners down. <laughs> um, no, we've been there for each other in moments like that, you know, where we're feeling like this isn't for me or this isn't the moment or f- like F this, you know, and I feel like we're quick to just change our mindset and keep on going. Yeah. Optimism has kind of been key. During this whole thing, focus on the good, not the bad, you know? Like, we still have food on the table. We still have a roof over our head. We're not, you know, quite that broke like it in the movie. So, yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. Even if we were, we're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, so, I like to think about, like, how good it is in the moment and just be super, super appreciative of that and just stay, stay positive. Mm. I love that. Mm. I don't know if you know this, but the other day when we were like kind of cleaning out the house and you or the apartment and you, uh, you showed me like, or like you gave me some change. You're like, Oh, put that in the bag. I was like, what are you talking about the bag? And you had this bag of change that was supposed to be used on our honeymoon, which I thought was amazing. But like, 
Uh, speaking of new things, I actually tweeted this out. I tweet something. You tweeted it? I did. Well, because like I, I know that you don't have a Twitter. So it's like for me, I'm like, oh, I can kind of gush about my girlfriend on this or my fiance, almost wife about. So this is a new thing that you found out about me. This is, well, I, I always points. knew that you were very like you were fruit. Is frugal the right word? I'm frugal. Yeah. Frugal is F. Yeah, I love that about you because I'm not. But yeah, like, I, know. Yeah. I, I always knew that about you, but there was something super humbling about the fact that, like, you're turning 33 this year. You make a good amount of money for yourself. You have a career. Like, I make decent ish money, I guess. Like, we're fine. Yeah. But you still have the humility to save the change that you're finding for, like, our honeymoon, like it. I like. <laughs> I Do mean, you know how many tacos you could get with that whole bag right there? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Hell yeah, I'm saving that. Like You're being like super sweet about it. But for me, it was just like, you are definitely the yin, yin to my yang. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, there's so much balance there, but it was so humbling as well. And it's like, who am I? Like this woman, and I respect you and I look up to you and I love your hustle and I admire like everything that you do. You're also amazing at your job and I love watching you do that. And it's like, who am I to like, you know, even say keep the change or whatever it might be you know what i mean mm -hmm. when you're actually like working really hard in every every single corner that you possibly can you're like no like let's put this away let's put this away so that it meant a lot to me and it it really humbled me especially during this time and i wish that i was a lot more like you in my past life and you know i and i hope that i can like get better at those types of things because it just shows how much not only like how practical and frugal that you might be in like a good way. I don't mean frugal in a bad way, but also I looked at it like every fucking penny you were putting in there, you were just thinking about us and like, it meant a lot to me. I don't really know where I was going with that, but I love you. That's all. I love you too. Just, uh, all right. And there you, there you guys have it. You I'm guys so go. screwed oh, God. during our exchanging of the vows. <laughs> <laughs> just, just that last, you just really got to do it. Don't you? <laughs> Well, Alexa, I, you know, I'm so glad that we finally got to do this. I'm hoping that uh, we can actually, you know, if we get to do this again, then we'll create the series of the uh, Quarantine Chronicles Volume 2. I hope that we don't have to do that because I would like to get back to normal life as much as yes, I've loved that would be spending so awesome. time with you. I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> Before I ask the last question today, if somebody does want to connect with you, how can they find you? If you don't already have my number, you can find me at, it's at, it's Alexa on Insta. Yeah. Perfect. DM me if you need DM. me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And for the last question of the day, when you and I first met, well, one of the first times that we met, you were wearing a Star Wars shirt. Now, you got to be 100% honest with me. Did you actually see all of the Star Wars shirts or all of the Star Wars movies before you put that shirt on? Yes. Yes. I wouldn't have worn the shirt if I hadn't seen all the Star Wars movies. I'm a big believer in you can't, wear the band t-shirt if you don't know what the band or who mm. the band is so mm. i felt the same way about the movies in fact i couldn't buy any mem like anything having to do with star wars until after i had seen all the movies now did i remember them to a t the way that you do and probably know it word word to word no no <laughs> till this moment I'm, i still struggle you you kind of you know quote the movie and i'm like what i don't know where that's from i've only seen it twice <laughs> <laughs> but so yes I had already seen all the movies okay, before so the Star Wars show it wasn't a scam I appreciate no, that mm -mm. well 
To the listener, thank you so much for your time and attention. We really appreciate it. If you liked this episode, we would love a five-star review. And if you didn't like it that much, feel free to stick it to us. But subscribe anyway, because we're going to have a ton of incredible people just like the love of my life. Alexa, back on the show. Thank you again, Alexa. Thank you, guys. 